Before today's episode, you're going to hear some advertisements, which help make it possible for me to do this as my job. But if you want to support me and would rather not hear adverts, I completely understand. You should try Easy Stories in English Premium. Premium means extra special. And by joining, you not only get all the episodes without adverts, but also extra special bonus content, like extra stories and conversational podcasts. Just go to easystoriesinenglish.com slash support, S-U-P-P-O-R-T, to start your seven-day free trial. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, just click Try Free at the top of the episode list to join. And now, a word from our sponsors. Welcome to Easy Stories in English, the podcast that will take your English from okay to good and from good to great. I am Ariel Goodbody, your host for this show. Today's episode is an interview with Alistair Budge of the English Learning for Curious Minds podcast. You can find a transcript of the episode at easystoriesinenglish.com slash pioneers. That's easystoriesinenglish.com slash pioneers. P-I-O-N-E-E-R-S. There, you can also download the episode as a PDF. Today, I have something exciting to tell you about. You might remember a few months ago that we had an episode from another podcast, English Learning for Curious Minds. Well, the host of English Learning for Curious Minds, Alistair Budge, messaged me and asked if I wanted to work with him on a new project. Alistair worked with his colleague Emil to write an eight-episode podcast series called Pioneers of the Continuum, and the idea was that every episode would be recorded by a different ESL podcaster. Alistair asked if I'd like to record one of the episodes, and of course, I said yes. I thought it was a brilliant idea. The story is about a group of friends who build a time machine. In each episode, a different character travels through time in order to answer an important question. I love time travel stories, and I had a lot of fun recording my episode, so hopefully you'll enjoy it too. If you're excited to listen, then good news! The first episode of Pioneers of the Continuum comes out today. You can find it on your regular podcasting app. If you listen to lots of ESL podcasts, you might know some of the other stars of the show, such as Luke from Luke's English Podcast, Andrew from Culip's English Podcast, Lindsay from All Ears English, Tom from Thinking in English, Anna from English Like a Native, and Christian from Kangaroo English. My episode is the sixth episode in the series and comes out on the 13th of June. Pioneers of the Continuum is for intermediate and advanced learners. So if you're a beginner and you're listening to this, it might be a bit difficult for you. 
However, on the transcripts available at leonardoenglish.com, you can highlight words to get translations in lots of different languages. That's really cool. Try it and see if you can understand. If it is still too hard, well, then you have something to look forward to when you're feeling more confident. I invited Alistair onto today's episode to talk a bit about the project, and you'll hear our conversation after this. We had quite an informal talk, so it might be a bit harder than the usual language level, but I think it will be interesting for you to hear something less planned. But before that, I just want to thank my new patrons. Stefan Pulva, Caroline Vanessa, and Radek Buzek. And a special thank you to my teacher's pet patrons, Jana Schwastova, Venus, and Vera Kaufmann. All right, let's get on with our chat. Hi, Alastair. How are you? I am wonderful. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. Um, you're all, all the way in sunny Malta, although apparently it's not so sunny from what you said before. Strangely, it was not very sunny when you asked me just before we went on air, and I turned around and had a look and the sun has come out. So I retract my previous statement, it is now sunny. Wonderful. Well, it's it's very hot here, but I actually closed the windows to make sure the sound is better so we don't have like loud children and lawnmowers outside. So I'm sitting in a dark uh, cave right now, <laughs> as you can see. Um, fortunately, the listeners can't. So tell me a bit about this project, Pioneers of the Continuum. Um, you mentioned you worked with some colleagues on it. So kind of where did the idea come from? Sure. So... As a bit of brief background to me, I have another podcast that I've been making for almost three years called English Learning for Curious Minds. And the idea behind that show was, or still is, I would really research a particular subject or person from history or interesting thing and kind of tell that story in a neat like 20 to 25 minute episode. And I have a huge amount of fun doing that. But I've always wanted to try and do something a little bit more fictional. And I figured, right, I'll try to create a limited fictional audio drama, let's say. Someone used the term audio drama the other day and I've stolen it. So I wanted to create my own audio drama and worked with a colleague, Emil, who did the majority of the script writing, actually, to create this eight-part series about a group of time-traveling friends and not to reveal anything about the story or not to give away any spoilers, but the theme is of a group of people who decide to go back in time to a place and time of their choosing. And each episode is one person's story, really. So there's a different narrator in each episode. And what they do is they tell the story of where they went, why, and what happened. And as you might imagine, People have certain ideas about what they're going to find in the past, and the reality of what they find is slightly different to their expectations. So that's the that's the kind of overview of Pioneers of the Continuum. Yeah, awesome. Something that really stood out to me is I think we're quite similar, but we're kind of opposites in that we both are very creative, but um, 
I hate research. <laughs> so I was like, I want to write stories where I can just make everything up and there's very little research. But it sounds like you maybe have had like a long-standing interest in history and research. And so you're kind of coming from that angle. Is that true? Have you always been interested in history? Yes, I have. And I guess to kind of turn your point back on itself, maybe I take the kind of easy route out because there's so many people through history who just have fascinating lives and fascinating stories that you can see what has really happened and weave that into an amazing story because the story already exists. And it's just a case of trying to pick out the most interesting bits and take a listener on, on a journey through that person's life or the story of what happened in a particular place at a particular time. But I'm also, I, I love fiction. I listen to a lot of fictional podcasts and uh, I, I read a lot. So uh, this is my first kind of foray into the world, world of audio fiction. I've learned a huge amount doing it. Uh, and it's been a huge amount of fun. So what are the, the biggest or maybe the most surprising things that you've learned? Uh, what I think I didn't appreciate enough before doing it is the, the difficulty of, kind of writing for audio. Because if you're, if you're writing for, for someone to read it, then you write in a very different way. And it took quite a long time for, for us to kind of figure out what's the right, you know, essentially how to, how to write things in a way that sounds a little bit like someone is actually talking, but they're also recounting something that happened in the past. It's been a super interesting experience when I have gone back through and kind of reviewed everything. There's certainly things that I thought, oh, this could have been slightly different, or I wish that this was written in a slightly different way. <laughs> I have that with, with all of my episodes anyway. So it's something that I think anyone who works in podcasting struggles with because you know, it's not like writing a book where you can just go and kind of easily cross out a word or, or, or go back. It's been a super interesting experience going through that and trying to grapple with this, this idea of how can we get these characters to talk about things in, in like a persuasive way? How can we get them to kind of report speech in the, in the best way? So yeah, it's been, it's been super interesting. And in fact, I learned a lot when looking at the edits that you made because I sent the draft of the episode that you were going to read to, I sent it to you and you came back with some amazing suggestions. And I was thinking, oh God, this is, uh, that's why Easy Stories in English is, is so good. Uh, that's, oh, why, <laughs> that's why, uh, that's why you do such a good job. Well, you know, it, it's, I think what you said about the, the difficulty of writing for audio, so interesting because we're in a very, yeah, an interesting place culturally where in the past you had stories and maybe there would be audio books, but it was very much like, okay, the narrator kind of throws away their personality and they're just delivering the story, right? And then there was like radio dramas and they were very separate. But I think at the moment we're kind of seeing the two crossover. So there's lots of different points you can go to. You can have a complete, you know, audio drama where there are characters and there are sound effects and everything is dialogue. Or you can have something like, you know, my episodes or um, this project where yeah, the, the person narrating is the character telling the story, but then they're also kind of speaking through other people in the story as well at certain points. 
it is one of those things where you learn to write in a different, a very different way. And actually, I think it's been so useful for me as a writer in general to do podcasts because so often now when I'm editing, I'll just see something and I can just hear how it sounds. And I think, oh, this would sound better. And of course, you know, many writers, it's uh, it's like a tip that people often give. It's like, oh, read your own work out loud. But I think when you do it <laughs> as a podcast regularly, you really like internalize that. So I think that's really exciting. Do you think you're going to work on more projects like this in the future? And can I be involved? A yes and yes. In short, it's been a super interesting experience so far. I think I would love to experiment more with kind of slightly different formats. The kind of format that we did for Pioneers of the Continuum was on one level relatively simple because you have one narrator per episode and they are telling their story. Clearly, there's a line in terms of how complicated a production you can get right through to some kind of Hollywood drama style production. But uh, <laughs> clearly we did not have the budget to do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so, um, so yeah, I'd love to experiment with more different kinds of formats and kind of blend that audio book versus audio drama versus podcast style. There were lots of ideas that I had for Pioneers of the Continuum in terms of the way in which characters would relate to each other and things like that, that I don't think I had the chance to develop enough in the script. But there's there's lots of ideas that I have for future series a little bit like this. And if people, if people like it, uh, then certainly we'll be, do more. Yeah, there's definitely a lot that can change as well. This isn't a criticism, it's just an idea I had of thinking, actually, it would have been cool to like, if we recorded some drafts and then listening to the other narrators and kind of hearing, oh, that's how they're doing this, because obviously that affects how you talk about your character, how you phrase things. Um, but then, you know, as you say, it gets more and more complicated. You start having to think about budget and things like that. So I, I'm really excited and actually this has inspired me and I'm thinking I should really try and uh, do more collaborative storytelling. I think unfortunately I'm a bit of a control freak sometimes. So, and I can imagine it was like a really big undertaking to, to do something like this and coordinate with so many people. So um, were there any really stressful parts in the process? To be honest, the most stressful or perhaps the most nerve wracking part was emailing a load of people and sort of thinking, am I just going to get zero replies from people? Because that would change things. But going back to you at the point you just made about it would have been really nice to ask people to listen to other recordings and have a greater level of collaboration. I was pretty nervous about asking people for, for their time anyway, and wanted to try and do it in a way that was as easy and as um, kind of sensitive of people's time as possible. So I emailed people and said, look, this is probably going to take no more than an hour of your time because each episode is, I think the shortest one's about 12 minutes and the longest is 20. So it's a relatively short amount of time. And I was very, very cautious about asking for more because everyone's busy. Everyone's got busy working and, and personal lives. So maybe I could have asked for slightly more collaboration, who knows, but the most anxious part of the whole process was waiting for people to say yes or no. I think you're absolutely right in that it's good to start small with these things where, because I think probably actually all of us involved, obviously we're all podcasters, but we have different levels of experience with collaboration. And I think for all of us, this kind of 
fictional collaborative podcast with something entirely new. So it's better to have a, a simple goal, reach that, and then, you know, there's always room to expand in future. I'm really curious, kind of just thinking more generally about making podcasts with your own podcasts. So I find for me, the writing process is the easiest part. <laughs> it's the part I enjoy the most. And I do enjoy the recording as well. The thing I struggle with actually most is like, oh, is the room quiet enough? There's no airplanes flying overhead. Have I rested my voice enough? Because I have a tendency to talk too much and then ruin my voice. And then I sound like <sighs> when I'm trying to record. Um, but the bit, <laughs> the bit I really hate is rehearsing. And um, I realized pretty early on is like, I need to do like a full run through at every episode before I record it. Because if I don't rehearse it out loud, I'm not going to be able to give the story, you know, in a way that I find is good enough. So I'm really interested to hear about your process generally. And then maybe if this project has made you reconsider or change anything. So with my main, my original podcast, English Learning for Curious Minds, I, I don't do any kind of rehearsing, I guess, at all. I had not really thought of that. The most time-consuming process for me is the research and writing. Because quite often slash all the time, I'm trying to choose relatively sort of meaty, large topics. And there's always people who will write in and say, oh, by the way, you didn't mention this or that, or this would have been a good thing to, to mention. And when you're talking about, for example, the life of Lewis Carroll, there's a huge amount of different things that you could mention. And you're, you're trying to condense it down to a sort of 20 minute-ish episode that tells the story of this person's life, kind of talks about what may or may not have motivated them, talks about the chronology of what happened and perhaps the, the legacy if that person is, is no longer alive. So trying to get the right balance of kind of storytelling, facts, and keeping the listener engaged, that's something that I spend most of my time trying to work on. I guess because it's, it's not a fictional story, the, the, the main podcast, I don't have to worry so much with delivery in terms of like practicing the narration because I'm talking with a relatively flat voice. I mean, I'm, I'm talking as I'm talking to you now. I will say uh, uh, you, you do yourself a disservice. You call your voice flat, but you have a very relaxing voice, a very, very calm way of narrating, which I think a lot of people appreciate. So, yeah. That, 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 that's very kind of you to say. Um, so... I, I guess the, the point I mean, the point I'm trying to make is that I'm not sort of trying to do different characters or things like that, yeah. which is one of the things that I hadn't really appreciated in terms of the writing of Pioneers of the Continuum. Lots of people actually messaged me and said, how is this character meant to be? How do I voice different characters? I'm, I don't have experience doing this. And those are very fair points. I just hadn't really, I hadn't properly appreciated how difficult that was. Luckily for my main show, I don't have to deal with that. But there is the additional work in terms of research. So if I have to talk about what's the hardest bit versus the easiest bit, the, the hardest bit is certainly the, the research and writing. The actual recording of it doesn't take me so much time. And then going back and listening to it again, that, that can take quite a lot of time because there are things that I know I could have said slightly differently, angles that I hadn't explored. So the, the main time-consuming element for me, I think, is trying to get that balance between fact and story right. 
So you do like a second audio draft? You After recording, you go back and re-record? Or did you just mean redrafting the script? No, I'll after I do the first recording, I will quite often re-record parts of it. Not the whole thing. Okay, interesting. So I think for me, I'm, there's something about re-recording an episode that I just hate. Like, I don't know. Obviously, if there's like a massive error, I'll go back and fix it. But I try to do it so I only have to record once the 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 joy of being self-employed and having your own business your own creative project is you can really decide what are the parts that i love that are really important to me that i want to spend lots of time on and then maybe the things where you find you know easier solutions that's really interesting and i think you know we need to remember as well that we have an extra limitation of we're creating podcasts for learners so we have to think loads about the language we use how quickly we speak and i can imagine often when you're getting comments of people saying oh you know you forgot this or you didn't mention this is there also an element of sometimes you just don't want to overcomplicate the language too much by bringing in lots of complicated historical concepts there, there are certainly some some occurrences of that, yes, where if I'm talking about a particular historical period and you need to explain how the British Parliament worked in the 17th century, that is kind of a dry subject. And I tend to simplify those kinds of things to try to give listeners an overall understanding of what it is without getting completely into the nitty gritty of how a particular complicated thing works. My philosophy about that is that people can always go and look up these things on their own if they're interested. I am quite conscious of not getting too bogged down in detail, especially detail that's going to be complicated to understand from a non-native speaker's point of view, if you're getting into complicated and kind of pointless language, really. That's something I always um, struggle with, where maybe I want to talk about the, the background of a story or what inspired me. And maybe it's something quite complicated, like I was actually just working on a script yesterday where I was talking about um, colonialism and uh, the Enclosure Acts, which is this like, you know, historical process in British history. And um, often with those kind of those, I guess, heavier concepts, words like colonialism tend to be uh, quite international roots. They have a lot of cognates, at least in European languages. So sometimes in a way it can be easier because I think, oh, if I explain the concept enough, a lot of listeners will be like, oh, it's that thing that we call this or whatever. So what I've been really pleasantly surprised by is I have listeners from all around the world. My two biggest countries are Germany and Turkey, but it really is very spread out. Do you find uh, you have like more listeners from certain areas or is it very mixed? So mainly Europe. So mainly I'm going to try and get these countries right. The top one is has always been Spain. Uh, Spain, I've got lots of listeners in Turkey as well. Turkey, Germany, Poland, Italy, France. Lots in Brazil. Strangely, lots in Iran as well. Oh yeah, me too. Quite a lot in Iran. So kind of all over the place, really. And hopefully with Pioneers, it's going to go everywhere. That's our, that's the hope, I think. <laughs> that's the hope. I mean, I, I guess uh, time travel is international, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> time, travel, time travel is international and everyone likes stories. So I wanted to try and create something that I thought listeners might like, even if it's a bit different to what they've been listening to before. I think when I was sort of trying to think about the kind of thing that listeners might enjoy, what I'm telling in English Learning for Curious Minds anyway is stories. They're just 
historical stories or stories about concept. They're real life stories. Um, and so it's not too much of a leap to go to something that is very fictional. Yeah. And I mean, that's a really important thematic message, right? That we think of time as this very fixed, measurable thing. But of course, as human beings, we all understand our own histories through story. We create our own lives and we understand time through the histories that have been told to us and the histories we tell ourselves. So I think it's a really relevant message right now, given everything with AI that's happening. Uh, there was something I heard someone saying the other day of this idea that you can just, you know, in the future, we'll be able to upload our brain into a computer. It doesn't work like that because our brains don't have like a, you know, a, a neat history of everything that's happened. We're all just kind of a bunch of stories mixing together in our head. Um, Sorry, I've got really philosophical for a minute. Um, it's been really lovely talking to you. Is there anything else you want to talk about related to Pioneers of the Continuum or English Learning for Curious Minds or just generally? One thing that we kind of, we, we've touched on a little bit already, but perhaps is worth elaborating, is kind of the power of story, really. Everyone who listens to your podcast, of course, knows full well that it's far easier to engage with English, to engage with a foreign language, if you are interested in what you're you're hearing about. And so anything that I or, or you can create that is interesting and that captivates people, that gives people an excuse to spend time with English is de facto a great learning tool. I know this from my, you know, my own experience through seeing how I have been able to motivate myself or rather not be able to motivate myself in terms of using different kinds of materials. So my goal really is just to try and create interesting stuff that I think I would have been interested in with the idea that other people would also be interested in similar sorts of things. That's, that's all I'm trying to do, just like create interesting stuff, make it accessible to non-native English speakers and yeah, hope people will enjoy it. Yeah, fantastic. I think we have very similar goals in that way. And um, I'm really looking forward to seeing the feedback and the reactions we get from pioneers. So tell us, tell the listeners, where can they find English Learning for Curious Minds? Where can they find Pioneers of the Continuum? You know, where, where's the best place to go for all of that? The best place is your favorite podcast app. So, you know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to podcasts, just search for Pioneers of the Continuum which is the fictional series that Ariel and I have been collaborating on. Or if you want to hear just me, uh, it's English Learning for Curious Minds, both on every podcast app. And I'll just spell the word pioneer because I realise it's maybe not the, the most uh, common word for uh, English learners. So it's P-I-O-N-E-E-R. I very often spell words wrong, so I made sure to do that correctly. Fantastic. I look forward to listening to it. Um, it's been really great to talk to you today, Alistair. And um, I really look forward to hearing about future projects as well. Likewise. Thank you so much again for having me on. And yeah, have a great day. Yeah, you too. All right. Bye. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed my talk with Alistair. It was really interesting to hear about someone else's creative process, and it's given me all sorts of ideas for future podcasts. Remember, you can listen to Pioneers of the Continuum right now on your favourite podcast app, 
or just go to leonardoenglish.com where you can find links to the work of Alistair and his team. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to be able to read my stories in a physical format, then good news. I have a book of 10 short stories called, well, Easy Stories in English. Get it on Amazon, Apple Books or Google Books, or go to easystoriesinenglish.com book to find out all the places it's available. Thank you for listening and see you in two weeks. Oh.